you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Shaq. S-H-E-K, Shaq, Shaq, Shaq. Much to talk about in the world of pro football. Quickly, though, behind the glass, in his second week of action, filling the chair for Black Tie, who's over in Europe now. I think he's on a, a Roman tour now, an Italian tour. Is Porn Tie, nay, Power Tie. You cleaned your act up a little bit there, I see. You, you cut the hair, but you still got the mustache, eh? Yeah, thanks, fellas. Uh, how are you doing today? Very well, and uh, I, I heard uh, the name of your fellow alumnus from UT, Peyton Manning, in response to the bit that we put out last week, which was an important cause, naming the NFL MVP trophy, as I've said, and I'll say again now, the Stanley Cup, even if you couldn't care less about hockey, you know what it is, because it's regal, it's silver and shiny, and it's distinctive. You can think of those guys picking it up over their heads. Even if you've never watched hockey, you know what the cup looks like. Same goes for the Heisman Trophy. Why then, in the world's, or at least America's, most popular sport, do we not have the va- the faintest clue what the NFL MVP trophy looks like? Let's talk about that Let's talk about all of it. Oh, and Peyton Manning, by the way, is the name that I heard from many fans out there, that he should be the uh, the uh, personification, I guess is what you would call that, for, uh, for the NFL MVP. The Peyton Manning Trophy. That'd be cool in 50 years to see it. Wouldn't it be the guy from, uh, from uh, London, England, who's now our resident Miami Dolphins fan, Handsome Hank? Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. What about my question? Um, Peyton Manning? I think Peyton Manning is as good a a choice as anyone. I think it will be retribution for him losing the Heisman Trophy. Hey, um, power tie (laughs) slash porn tie. I've got I think we I think, you know, we're not quite settled on this. And the new haircut and the and the all round trim Tom Sula tie. Whoa! Can we put a can we put a side no. by side? Can we put a side by side of of these two gentlemen up? Because I'm I, a Seahawks fan. You can't do that. I, to me. Hey, you should check your face, buddy. Well, Ooh. it's what you deserve. That would be justice. Check your because face. A guy from Tennessee has no business being a Seattle right. Seahawks fan, anyway. I think I, I think the football yeah, no, gods have a business. Will uh, will agree with I'm handsome Hank's Grant good fan. idea here. That's it. Tom Sula. Tom Sula tie. I Tom think Sula tie it going. is. Okay, I can handle that. It's better than the first one. No one has ever had so many names in tie rack. But I think now this is this Tommy tie done and done. Tommy tie. Um, Also, now one of the stars of his own podcast, 
I'd like to think that uh, we played a hand in it by bringing by greasing the skids with your terrific appearances here on the DDFP NFL Fantasy Live. Our old pal Marcus Grant, what's the poop with you? Fella? You know, it's always a good day when I get the invite to be on the Dave Damashek football po- uh, football program. It's uh, I'm happy to be here. You know, it's. I said when we did our first podcast a couple of weeks ago, which you can find uh, at NFL.com and iTunes and Stitcher and all that good stuff. Don't um, be a shill. No one likes that. Too bad. Too late. It's already done. <laughs> um, you know, what I said, is that because we are in Los Angeles, we are in Hollywood, like most things in Hollywood, uh, the NFL Fantasy Live podcast got a reboot from uh, where it was previously. But that, so, but what you mean by that is you decided, I think everybody probably agreed, no Fabiano. Right? Uh, no, he's he, he's part of it. Oh, he is. He is. Oh, oh. all right. It's an interesting choice. <laughs> it's a I creative mean, choice, you know. How do you keep a Hall of Famer away from the the podcast? Um. All right. So yeah, make sure you look for that uh, on NFL.com and iTunes and Stitcher and all the rest. Right now, before uh, before we get into, we did have a good debate though on NFL.com. I don't know if it's still up there. Handsome. What was that? A week ago, the triplets came out. I mm-hmm. rated the triplets. Of course, everybody knows Emmett Aikman and uh, Michael Irvin were the original triplets. And a middle of last year, it seemed that, that uh, we should decide who the best triplets are currently. I think it was off of Roethlisberger's 500-yard game or whatever. I said I anointed rightly Roethlisberger, Levy and Bell, and Antonio Brown, the best triplets in all the NFL. And ever since, I've been, I've been just mercilessly, verbally tormented by the likes of Handsome Hank, even though obviously I'm right about this one. There's really not much of a case to be made. Anyway, you can see video evidence of the senseless attack perpetrated by Handsome and his pal Bucky Brooks last week. It's still up there. You know what? I acted as a facilitator for Bucky to mercilessly attack you. I don't feel like I was the one attacking you. I just wanted to try and work out how you actually came to this conclusion. I taught him, and I think I did uh, a banner you job did. of explaining. You did a banner I mean, job of explaining, but you didn't necess- didn't necessarily justify it. I, I'm just understand. I, I'm I'm failing to understand how the trio in Green Bay of Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, and uh, Jordy look Nelson. Look handsome. Another friend, perhaps. Uh, well, rise to the top of the ranks here. Well, uh, let's not let Dave. Let's not. I don't want to get into the whole <laughs> thing. We have work to do, but I do want to say very quickly. Actually, we will revisit the triplets in, in <laughs> some, some not the top five, but some other uh, interesting trios out there. But because Eddie Lacy is not, I, you know, I think of him as a top five back, and then I look back at it and realize because that, that's what I wrote in the in the piece. I look back at it now; he's really not in the top five running backs, is he? And Jordy Nelson is maybe the fifth or sixth or seventh receiver. The only reason you would say. The Packers is because Aaron Rodgers is that much better than everybody else. But how is Jordy Nelson, how are Howard Nelson and, and Lacey not in the top five at their respective positions? Well, rank them out. Answer your own question. Adrian Peterson. Right. Now the world has anointed him once again the best in football. Levy and Bell. Okay. Um, Matt Forte. Possibly, but now with Mark Tressman not there anymore, Forte I think takes a step back. This Shady year. McCoy. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. You don't think Shady I McCoy think is better than Eddie Lacey? Oh, come on. All right, I'll give, I, I may give you that one. How about Jamal Charles? See, again, I think Andy Reid seems to forget that Jamal Charles is on his team sometimes. Well, but what does that mean? Well, so it I, means that he's, he's still better than getting, Eddie If you're not Lacey. getting the ball and you're not getting the production, how can you be better? Now you're, now you're just being difficult, I feel like. And Jordy <laughs> Nelson, a- Antonio Brown is ahead of Jordy Nelson, right? Okay, yeah. Calvin Johnson. Maybe, you know. Megatron. Maybe he's getting older now. He spent most of last year injury play. <laughs> you would handsome, please step. I I will. I would say Megatron would be, but I think the point Marcus is trying to make is that production-wise, that hasn't. Yeah, is is if you say I would like to start a brand new roster with Megatron or Jordy Nelson, you'd probably choose Megatron. But if you talk about production over the last twelve months or twenty-four months, Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson. has been more consistent. Yeah. Then, and that's probably, as you say, because he has a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who's going to get him the ball the whole time, whereas Matt Stafford, you know, Megatron goes missing from time to time. All right, but Jordy Nelson ranks behind pass catchers. I, pass catchers, okay. not wide receivers. Gronk. Okay, so we're, so we're just going we're just going pass catchers in general now? That's how okay. I get the triplets. Des Bryant. Okay. And A.J. Green. 
There, there I just gave you five names, I, and that's it. There, there, I would say that I would say that you probably. I'm not gonna. I don't think we need to go through the names, but I'd say that Lacey's probably six or somewhere between five and seven on the list. Right. And Jordy Nelson's probably also somewhere between five and seven on. The right. List. Whereas the Pittsburgh trio, each of them individually achieves a place that is no worse than. I mean, at worst, you wouldn't put any of those three guys any lower than three or four at their position. True? You're well, telling me that Ben Roethlisberger is the third or fourth best quarterback. Yeah, that's right. That is what I tell you. He will tell you that he's second. I was that's willing, what he told us last I week. I was willing to follow you on Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I'm, I'm totally willing to follow you on that. Wait ben Roethlisberger second. as the third or fourth best quarterback in the National Football League? Really? Yeah, that's, he, what, that's what I said. Let's I, be clear. Dave didn't say that. He said the second best yeah, I did say second best, and I stand by it. All right, I'll hear Tom Brady arguments. Outside of that, though, this what do you is, thought? This is the best laugh I'm going to have all day. I, I'd love. Oh, I can't wait to hear the uh, great Marcus Grant's list. I mean, here. If we're just saying. I can give you two quarterbacks better than Ben Roethlisberger off the top. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck. That's that's two right there. All right, you're pushing it already. Andrew <laughs> Luck. All right, you know what? I want to save you from embarrassing yourself. Let's get to the important matters of Pro Football's week. That is. Let's get to it, a special edition of the Blacklist, nay, the Tommy List. All right, it's the Tommy List for this week. I mean, it's just it's it's embarrassing for you though. So you would go <laughs> Rogers, Luck. I'm gonna, I'm assuming Tom Brady. Probably Tom Brady. Yeah. All right. Um, and then keep going. Probably Peyton at four, Drew oh, yeah. Brees at five. Yeah, you enjoyed watching Peyton in December and January. Doesn't matter. He's still it doesn't overall, matter. He's overall a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. And this isn't that Roethlisberger is a bad quarterback, but you're telling me that that you would take. Well, I know you would take Ben Roethlisberger. You like the man. San Francisco 49ers, and they're the first item on uh, the blacklist. I should say the Tommy list. The Niners are in the midst of an all-time awful off-season. First of all. Do for either one of you fellas, is there a worse off season that you can think of? It's hard no. to think of one. Yeah, this this is an all timer. I mean, if you once you get into August and guys get hurt, you know, Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady didn't get hurt in the regular season. I mean, in the preseason. But I'm trying to think of holdouts where there where there multiple holdouts on a team of stars. I I mean, there's just a, it doesn't seem, especially in free agency, that there's uh, that there's been. Um, a team so devastated by this. But what does it mean? I'm going to start with you, Marcus Grant, as the resident 49ers fan. How bad is it going to be in 2015? Um, It may be bad, especially because they play in such a competitive division. I mean, the Seahawks right now are still, I think, the kings of the NFC West, but the Cardinals are a lot better. Uh, the Rams, I think, are, are improved this past, this offseason. Off uh, and so for the Niners, not only have you had all these losses via retirement, via free agency, you've got a whole new coaching staff in there. So you're not really sure what you're going to get. I was taking a look, for instance, at Jeep Christ, the new offensive coordinator, trying to get a sense of, uh, of what he has done in the past. And he spent a couple years as an OC in San Diego, and – the biggest names he had to work with, I think he had an old 36-year-old Jim Harbaugh. He had Ryan Leaf, uh, and he had, I think, a young Terrell Fletcher at running back, and I think an old Natron Means. He's had no real weapons to work with. He's had no real track rec record. Meanwhile, defensive coordinator is Eric Mangini. I mean, maybe there's something there to be excited about, but, ooh. Um, you know, it's a good thing for the Bay Area fans that the Giants have been good and that the Warriors are in the NBA Finals because otherwise it would be a dismal, dismal fall. Yeah, well, not if they lose to LeBron and four bums in the Finals. And that won't <laughs> be a, a happy story either. Handsome, say something nice about your friend uh, Jim Tom Sula and his Niners this year. Uh, I mean, it is – Marcus is right that it's it, – the question is out there. It's like, how good can they be? And it is a question mark. I'd be interested to know from Marcus as a fan, like, because every fan – believes that oh, well, well so does no, darnell you, you doggett by the way the yeah. reason i bring and they this all up believe is it he says oh vernon we're still davis, gonna win games right vernon davis has said nice things about that team but as a fan you must have you, okay you're probably a little depressed about what's happened but you ha you're harboring somewhere in there this well maybe best case what do you think the best case is for the niners actually i think best case scenario for this team is probably nine and seven 
I think it's nine and seven. That feels like a scenario. wild reach for me. Um, really? And maybe. I mean, honestly, like in my in my despair, in my in my worst days, I feel like this is a five and eleven, six and ten team, and I think best case is is a nine and seven squad, and I, that's not good enough to make the playoffs in that division. Well, here's something that happens to us all: is we get used to seeing guys that wear certain uniforms perform on a certain level. When you see the Colts uniform, there's an expectation now that that team doesn't stink very much. And conversely, I mean, or not conversely, but uh, the Niners defensively, when you see those guys, you think, well, that, that's a rugged defense. They always are. But all the key pieces are gone now. Who, I mean, what carryover is there that would lead you to believe that that defense is going to be even halfway decent on one side? On the other hand, though, what if Colin Kaepernick does turn the corner? But he he regressed in 2014. They have a couple of interesting pieces I guess you can lean on Carlos Hyde. I mean, if you really pound that guy and he can really do something, but they've lost Upati uh, and, and Anthony Davis now. I'm so glad that, is in his... I'm glad that you're trying to be optimistic and make me feel better. I'm not trying to be optimistic. I'm try- I I'm a- lived <laughs> through the Jim Druckenmiller, Tim Rattay years of this franchise right, that see? were just miserable. You're and- better off now than you were then. <laughs> I mean, see? yeah, sure. I guess so. I mean, you know, they'll win more than two or three games this year, but... It is it is a return to the darker times of Niner history, I think, this but year. What I will say, you asked me to say something nice about Tom Sula. He, throughout his career, through his coaching career in San Francisco and then before that, has had to make the most out of some relatively poor pieces. He's he's developed players on that defensive line as the defensive line coach, guys that you wouldn't necessarily have expected to come through and, and become you know big playmaking player. Justin Smith, before he got to San Francisco, was not I mean, the, re- the reason the Bengals got rid of him. And so I could see Tom Sula getting more out of that defense just because of the type of man manager he is. They they got Donnell Dockett, who's obviously coming off an injury, but is a has been a playmaker. They draft- I, I find him delightful, but he but he is long in the tooth. Yeah, absolutely. Point. But they drafted Eric Armstead, who could potentially you know they can squeeze out or certainly has potential. I I don't think that the I wouldn't write the defense off in the way that you just. Well, the only way this team gets to 500 or beyond that to nine wins is Marcus. Uh, you know, listen, I like the glass half full approach here in June. <laughs> Good for you to to try and take it, but. I mean, the only way that could happen is if the Cardinals fall flat in their, you know, uh, second bid to win the division and the Rams stink again. But the Rams certainly, it seems hard to conjure a way that the Rams, even with Jeff Fisher, the most overrated coach in the NFL currently, it's hard to imagine that team not being halfway decent. I, that They're in line for nine to ten wins this year as far but as I'm But take a look at it. So the, the Cardinals, you've got Carson Palmer returning from injury. And, you know, that's a pretty tough injury for yes. what he's a 36-year-old to recover from. So, that, uh, you know, there's no guarantee. We True. saw what type of a team that is without Carson Palmer at quarterback, and it's not a, not pretty viewing. Um, An improved offensive line. Improved offensive Significantly. line. Significantly. So you've got that, and then you've got a Rams. Who knows what Nick Foles is going to be like outside of Chip Kelly's system. Because I have a feeling like there will be something through, through Chip Kelly's career, as long as that lasts in the NFL, in the same way that players leaving other teams, players leaving the Steelers or the Packers, for example, don't necessarily match their production that they had with those teams, I have a feeling quarterbacks leaving Chip Kelly's system may look very different suddenly wearing other colors. Well, yeah, I mean, Nick Foles stunk uh, in year two right. with Chip Kelly himself. I just am a big believer in Todd Gurley. So I, I, I want you to hear me now. I said it six months ago. I say it now, and I want you to remember it in six months. Who told you first? Todd Gurley is going to be the best player in this draft. Jameis Winston is going to have a great year, but Todd Gurley is where it's at. All you have to do is, I mean, he was doing that against Alabama and all those other SEC teams. Being a star there, he's going to be a star for those Rams, and that defense can't fail. There's no way. It can't fail. I think that's going to be the key to that team. The the only concern I have about Todd Gurley, it's the, the concern I have about the Rams offense in general, is that we've seen them for the last few years and they just don't seem to have a plan. I, they, they just they don't seem to know what they're doing with their pieces. Remember all that we heard about Tavon Austin when he came out of college and how he was going to be this dynamic guy and this you know this kind of guy you could plug in anywhere. And we're still waiting. We're still waiting to see what Tavon Austin can be. And I just wonder if we're going to see that same thing out of Todd Gurley. Remember a couple years ago, it was going to be Isaiah Peed or Daryl Richardson. Those then are it gadget was, guys. Then this it was, is a banger. Then it was Zach Stacy. Then it was Trey Mason. Now it's now it's Todd Gurley. Like, are we going to keep doing this roulette wheel of running backs there in, in St. Louis? I'm telling you now, Todd Gurley's the best running back I've seen in 10 years, and he will prove Damashek right when 2015 gets going. All right, now sometimes – 
you know, you know how I am. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Like the late great Jerry Orbach <laughs> told Patrick Swayze <laughs> at the end of Dirty Dancing. And I was wrong about this. I said in 2014, at some point, A.J. McCarron will start a game for the Cincinnati Bengals, not due to Andy Dalton injury. They'll just put him in there. All right, maybe I was premature, but word is that he's playing great in practice, or he looks dynamite. His teammates are positively swooning. What do we think here? Handsome Hank, A.J. McCarron. Obviously, you and I have not seen what he's doing in these practices, but based on what you've seen from Andy Dalton, is not, I mean, do, do, you, do you turn the page here? How much no. longer do you, do you – how can you continue with this? It's so uninspiring. You know now, if you're a Bengals fan – correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a Bengals fan, yes, they'll be in contention for the division once again. Maybe they'll win it. Maybe they'll get another playoff spot. But you know that team can't win the Super Bowl if Andy Dalton's your QB. Dave, you are the king of hyperbole. Let's go back to where <laughs> that's you not hyperbolic. That's fa- you know <laughs> that you started true. this conversation by saying that teammates are swooning over him. One teammate, defensive end Wallace Gilbury, has said I trust that, Gilbury when it comes to yeah. We all do. <laughs> Everyone is you're always you're hanging on Wallace Gilbury's every word. Wallace Gilbury says that he doesn't think he's thrown one interception the whole camp. That's not to say Andy Dalton's thrown any, thrown any either. This doesn't sound like teammates singing his praise. That seems like one... You're the one who put it on NFL.com. Absolutely. You're the one that bid on it and is reading about it. I think it... Look, I think it's interesting. I just don't see what the benefit to the Bengals would be for Marvin Lewis to start some kind of quarterback controversy, you know, like right now. What was that word? Controversy. Well, no, no, no. I, I like the British pronunciation more. What controversy. was Controversy. That... I've never heard that. That's never ridiculous. Never heard that before? I can't even do it. Try it. See, controversy. I <laughs> what was it? Do it one more time. Controversy. Do you want me to do it in slow motion so you can follow it? Yes. Controversy. That's what you just said. Yeah, that's how you say it. Controversy. Controversy. How did you say it? Controversy. Controversy. That's one right, of your. I kind of like that. That's in your right, top look, five most ridiculous Thank I've you. ever I'm glad heard. Glad you enjoyed it. That that ranks up there with played, instead of plaid. We're making that into a drop. Boy, oh boy. Thank you. Controversy. What what in hell? What was that? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I think what Handsome does is I think he looks to see if he can get dumb Americans to believe. To bite on that kind of stuff. <laughs> this 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 oh, harkens back to the plan. days years ago when he when he claimed that pretzels were not sold in the UK. And then I got uh, dozens yeah. and dozens of uh, <laughs> I can just see you guys walking along the River Thames. Well, control the River Thames. <laughs> yes. Well, AJ McCa- I, I don't know what he has, but I did see him win a bunch of games at Bama, and maybe it's the Matt Leinart effect of you know you you surround the guy with a bunch of college all stars, they're going to look great. But I think you have to legitimately give AJ McCarron or whoever else you've brought in, uh, so you have to provide some competition for AJ for Andy Dalton. I mean, it, it's it is he has been under center long enough. You now know it's what we talk about all the time with Bucky Brooks and all the other scouts. The adjustment, so Andy Dalton arrives. He performs. Defenses adjust. Can Andy Dalton then handle their adjustments? Oh, he can take it to the next level. At some point, though, he plateaus. The great QBs can continue to respond to whatever the defense throws at him. We see Andy Dalton is not capable of doing that. Then why are you going to continue to start him unless you have low expectations, which I imagine Cincinnati Bengals and their fans have because they've never really done much of anything. But outside of that, if you had Andy Dalton in a quarterback, would it be acceptable if you were a Dallas Cowboys fan? No, you would not. You, you would say, we got to turn the page from this guy. He's good. He's just not good enough. No, right? I, but I still feel like this is a story that you get out of the NFL in June. Right. You know, where it's mini camp, it's OTAs, and everybody that. looks great, and everybody's ready. You know, I mean, like I saw the thing about the other day about, uh, you know, a veteran in the Titans locker room says, Marcus Mariota is a real deal rookie. He knows all the plays. He can make the throws. He has a great attitude. Like you I just, get that that's nonsense. I get all but this. this is the same this thing. This is the same thing. Look, the, the Bengals. I'm just sp- making a case that they should, that they need, that whether they have done a good job of doing it, or not, they, the Bengals should have been spending this offseason looking for somebody who is a viable replacement for Andy Dalton. The Bengals' first issue, though, is, is the backup. I mean, Terrell Pryor and Josh Johnson, there are the two backup quarterbacks right now. Their first thing is, like, let's just make sure A.J. McCarron is our number two quarterback. 
because we don't want either of those two guys as as the backup to Andy. All Cole. right. Well, now so that's, that's so now we've established that right. AJ McCarron is definitely our number two. Where he wasn't last year, I think it was Jason Campbell was there mm-hmm. was their second quarterback last year, and McCarron was at third. So he's taken one step. Let's say that through mini camps and OTAs and everything that gets you to training camp, AJ McCarron continues to blow the doors off Wallace Gilbury, and he's like, "Wow, this is still <laughs> sensational," and we're still, you know, thinking that Wallace Gilbury is telling us the truth. Then maybe there's a chance to start talking about, "Wow, you know, if it if it if he's sensational through training camp and then he plays those games he's going to play in the preseason, possibly." But I don't see how a playoff team starts a controversy. Um, that would that would you know bring about potential dysfunction that could end up knocking them out of playoff contention or or like I killing. suppose it has to do with ambition ultimately. I mean you know like I go back to my point. Andy Dalton is just not going to win a Super Bowl. And AJ McCarron's probably I mean probably not that guy either. Well, I mean that, that right. I saw that's why I said I can't. This I don't. Is, I can't been, specifically say AJ McCarron is the answer. But that brings me to to the next item connecting. Items two and three on the on the Tommy list this week. This is who they should at least bring in here. One Michael Vick. I know he was a flame out last year. He did <laughs> he did himself no favors after the game that he got in. Like yeah, I wasn't prepared. I, I didn't think they were going to put me into the game. <laughs> That's not a good look for a veteran QB. Nonetheless, especially given the pieces and the dynamic pieces that are in that Cincinnati offense, don't you at least bring him in and look at him when Andy Dalton is your incumbent. I mean, but if you talk about Andy Dalton not being able to win a Super Bowl for the Bengals, I mean, do you have any faith that Michael Vick is going to take them any further than Dalton has? You're talking about a guy who is certainly on the downside of his NFL career. And look, I think before the year is out, I think we will see Michael Vick in or on an NFL sideline because between injuries and just poor performance, somebody's going to give this guy a shot. So I think he will be playing for an NFL team before the end of the year. But I don't know that I throw Andy Dalton overboard to go after Michael Vick, who's not going to take me any further than my previous quarterback has taken. Michael Vick has won some big games, uh, uh, some big postseason games. It's been a while, though. It's been a long time. It's been a while. All right, so you're so you're with your friend Marcus here again? Absolutely. I don't understand what happened. This used to be my <laughs> show, and people would sometimes agree with me. Now every show is about that I'm wrong about it. But everything. this crazy thing is, Dave, we had this debate when, before Vic, I think, went to the Jets last That's right. Year. I know we did. We talked about We had exactly this discussion. Like, do you get rid of Andy Dalton and, and you get – Michael Vick on board and, and said the, the same thing. Proved the I same. was right, didn't it? <laughs> no, it didn't <laughs> no, it because didn't. Michael Vick wasn't good either. Yeah, but Andy Dalton was the guy who they made millions of dollars. But at least to. Andy Dalton's still employed. I mean, Michael right. Vick doesn't have a job you right now. You have to know if you're going to make a change at quarterback. I really believe you have to know that what you're doing is getting something better. Like there is no point in just shuffling. No, the that's for old. The fun of that's it. old school conservative stinking thinking that you hear from from entrenched NFL types. Which is why it's not going to happen. All right, well, Marvin Lewis right. is an entrenched NFL type. <laughs> by he's the most entrenched NFL type. Well, it doesn't. Well, there's a difference. What did your friend uh, Tyrion Lannister say on the most recent Game of Thrones? Handsome. Many things. There's a difference between, between what, what be is and, and what, what ought to be. Ought to be. Yeah. Oh, so look at that. Look how well I just used that uh, that quote. <laughs> we'll get to your Game of Thrones in just yeah, a we second here. But first. Jarvis Landry, did you catch uh, his catch in practice? Oh, yeah. oh I see what week? you did there. Yeah, take a look. He here. didn't mean to. Yeah, it just kind of happened. <laughs> that is all right. So Jarvis Landry, with whom we've spoken, um, I think he said. In fact, I asked his opinion on who should get the NFL MVP trophy, who it should be named after. Randy Moss. He said Randy Moss, and it was sort of a catch that looked like that one that he proposed, that one-hander. And, uh, and Jerry Rice. So he honors his fellow wide receivers. But it makes me think, as soon as I see that, and I think he's going to be a good one. Well, he was good in the second half last year for Ryan Tannehill and company for your Dolphins, handsome Hank. But it makes it, it just reminds me of the thing I, I, I just can't let go of. And we asked Honey Badger about this when he sat in your chair, handsome a couple weeks ago too. How did LSU, with Zach Mettenberger, who started in the NFL last year, Odell Beckham, that guy Jarvis Landry, Jeremy Hill, and so on, Lael Collins, and and the rest. How did that team not score 238 points every week on the field? I asked Honey Badger. Take a listen to what he had to say. 
I have no clue. Um, I can't even answer that question. You must answer this. Whose head the who whose head does this fall on? Les Miles? What gives? How didn't that team score a million points? Les Miles is a good guy. I can't <laughs> I can't put all of it on him. But yeah, it was it was pretty depressing. Even Honey Badger agrees with me. What gives here? And and by the way, I wish we could get into a time machine and put that LSU team up against the Clemson offense. Well, I, don't know, I guess they would just both be offenses. But anyway, they, <laughs> but the Clemson offense, Taj Boyd, Andre Ellington, uh, Martavis Bryant, Sammy Watkins, and Dwayne Allen also were all in Death Valley at one time. They, I mean, those two offenses should be ashamed of themselves, that, or their coaches, I guess, should be ashamed of themselves that they didn't score a million points a week. Yes, Handsome? I, I do tend to agree. I would say the LSU one would blow out the Clemson one based on what we know about them in the NFL at this stage. I don't know. Sammy Watkins, Dwayne I, Allen. I think LSU, about, the, the point is it's just outrageous. LSU's problem is that, for better or for worse, Les Miles is the Mad Hatter of college football, and not everything the Mad Hatter did turned out well. So it's kind of less. I mean, you're talking about a guy who eats grass on the sidelines and makes yeah. some questionable decisions. And, you know, more often than that, it works out in his favor, but – Every now and then it doesn't. I don't think we make enough of that as a society, by the way. Eating grass? Yeah, we used to see all the time uh, Tark the Shark biting the towel. Mm-hmm. Les Miles eats grass. He pulls earth up during the game and puts it into his maw. Not the earth as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what comes up when they do that. And some of that stuff's synthetic, too. By the way, speaking of food, I feel bad if because I'm smelling it, so you must, too. Just before we started... I ate some of that white popcorn, you know, that with the cheese mm-hmm, on it, the mm-hmm. white cheese popcorn. Mm-hmm. Nothing, it, it smells delicious when you open it, but nothing smells worse 90 seconds after you finish eating it than that stuff. Because that residual cheese on, now it's fingers, on your fingers. Yeah. Are you, is it offensive to you? Or are you picking I up can't, that I can't smell it from over here. I can't here. smell it. But it's kind of as generous of you as a host. You've always been generous, but it's generous for you to think about us in that way. Well, the one that is worse than that is ketchup is very good. But as soon as you're done eating it mm-hmm. and you put that plate in the fridge, that, that stench of ketchup is the worst. Yep. I can't think of much worse. Congealed ketchup. Anywho, let's move on now, Handsome, to uh, to Game of Thrones. Wanted to get your thoughts on this one. Um, first of all, you have a great theory that uh, we didn't get to last week on how Game of Thrones is going to go down here. The White Walker, of course, you know, the ultimate mic drop that we saw two episodes ago. Uh, he he basically, if you're not familiar with the show, you know, I guess I'm not going to get you caught up here. Yeah, just give a quick <laughs> give a quick 30 second description on what everybody's missed here, handsome. No, but uh, the White Walker, bad dude, all that literally raises the dead by making that move. By the way, that move will be the to me, at least, is the gif of the NFL season will be, you know, when when there's a comeback or some great play like that the the I white like walker bringing the dead back to life well it's funny a, you uh, say because my idea is to tell is to for larry fitzgerald to adopt this move uh, larry fitzgerald's like a, a game of thrones fan he joined us a couple of months ago to talk a little game of thrones and i wonder given spoiler alert by the way see even when black tie's not here i remember to to uh, say spoiler alert. Hey, Very man. nice of you. Hey man, spoilers, man. But it's usually like six weeks back when you say yeah. spoiler alert. Well, Stannis Baratheon, who I sort of I, I I thought Stannis Baratheon was a bad guy, but then Larry Fitzgerald made me look at him, and then I thought, well, Larry Fitzgerald might be right about Stannis. When I asked him who's gonna at, at the end of the show who's gonna be the king of kings, here's what Larry Fitzgerald said. Uh, I'm gonna go with Stannis, Stannis Baratheon. I, hmm. I, I always kind of put for him. He, he got the he got the short end of the stick um, early on, um, and and I kind of I kind of pull for Stannis. He's he's very stern. I'm not a big fan of the the Lady of Fire, but I like Stannis. Now, however, Larry Fitzgerald probably would like a redo on that one. He probably has egg on his face. Tommy, uh, Tommy, type, please get him on the phone ASAP to to answer <laughs> for himself here. Um. There's there's no way Stannis can get the throne. But well, see everything. I mean, back then we were all looking at it before we knew that the Knight's Knight, if that's what he calls himself, which by the way he needs to rebrand in the same way that Pontai did. Um, he um, we didn't know about the powers. We hadn't seen the awesome power of the White Walkers. Now we have. Like everyone should put their differences aside just for a while and say we need to get this together and I know but Stan is he you know he burned up uh he's not gonna win, he, well, so he's not gonna win father of the year is what you're no. saying 
So my my thought on that though is that this could be the Red Witch could be on the hot seat now because she has essentially like it's got to the point where you know they they've sort of brought in all the weapons for the Red Witch. You know, at this point they it's it's like the equivalent of a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill. You know, here we've we've got you the highest paid left tackle in the NFL and Brandon Albert. We've drafted you a first round receiver. Like you have to come through this year in the same way he has burnt his daughter for her. <laughs> to make her magic work and all that stuff. If it doesn't work now, she's on the... I would say she's You know who the Red Witch is in the NFL is Andy Dalton. The the Red Rifle. (laughs) The Red Rifle equals the the Red Witch. It all comes together. All right. We burned burned a child for you, Red Witch. (laughs) Is is Michael Vick uh, technically Baratheon's uh, queen that showed a little emotion? Maybe. Maybe she's going to come and replace... That uh, side well, AJ McCarron, AJ McCarron, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so handsome, you have laid out exactly how this goes down. How the White I don't Fox know that this is exactly. I think how you're it's right. Go though. down, but the, I think what's going to happen is across the sea, old Blondie is. You know, she's got her. She's got her own issues at the moment, but it makes sense that she'd want to get out of Dodge anyway. Whatever that place is, Marine. Um, is that what the place is called? Yes. Dawn. I can never. She's remember. in Marine. Yes. Okay, she's in Marine. She Don't should... they call it Slave Town or something? Yeah, it seems something. like an I unappealing think, what, what, name. Once yeah. upon a time, yeah. Hey, where should we go on vacation? Because it does look like the kind of place you might look... want to go on vacation. That's a great question, by the way. Where would you most want to live in the Seven Kingdoms? Mm. Dorne looks kind of nice. Dorne looks. Dorne seems like a nice mm-hmm. place. Right. I had this conversation in my home uh, on as Sunday far night. south possible with those White Walkers. Coming. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, well, we it's... know the sea is an issue for them as well. So <laughs> I would just live wherever that, like an ocean away from them, because they're going to stand on the edge of the thing, and, and no just, matter you know, how much the what knights, they can look menacing, but they're not coming over right. here. Dorne is Italy, right? Dorne. I mean, like if you if you were it's trying, it's very to Mediterranean. Decide. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Winterfell I think is they, Green they Bay. Turkey, actually. <laughs> Green Bay. It's all north. It's the north of England. No, don't don't yeah, do what? that. What? No, this is this is, it has nothing to do with your. It absolutely does. No. You just called Dorn Italy. Don't be controversial. Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, so go ahead with your theory here. So my theory is that. Um, uh, uh, the mother of dragons will bring her dragons over. We've seen that the White Walkers uh, have have an issue both with the sword that um, that you know that can shatter them. But I think the more you know, the easier way to get rid of them. In fact, um, Drogon the dragon, which again is a bad name for a dragon. Um, lame. It's a lame name for a dragon. Like Dig the dog. They, they, um, they didn't think. <laughs> they didn't really think that through. Right. She named them though. I think. So. I believe she. That's named a them. weird scene to skip isn't it what should we name these little fellows like you know bouncing names around for her three little dragon babies you know any show that at times drags and gets slow i really feel like her naming her dragons would be one of these slower scenes yes. i think drogon khaleesi would be a good name like what about seth you know <laughs> i don't know like i just would like to hear the brainstorming session anyway i Go think ahead, what's going to happen is that drogon and his two buddies and i can't remember their names because they're not as memorable as drogon the dragon will fly into um you know t- basically just torch the, the yeah but why were they need that? they need to rat what will happen is she'll turn up and she'll go yes you guys don't like me and i want to be sit on the on the throne but you have a big problem coming your way that only i can help you with you are all going to die if you don't rally behind me that's the that's my take on it but with yeah with john snow with his uh apparent access to dragon glass and all that mm-hmm. they have to basically as he has been pushing they must join forces to defeat the white walkers my knock is though which i mean both of them had pretty tepid it, you know, debuts as fighters. The White Walkers were like, yeah, all right, they did pretty well, but they weren't that scary, were they? they I mean, the fact they can raise the dead well, is that's, scary. Well, that's going to be a key. That's the, I think that's like, a, doesn't matter right, how they, good you are right, if, if you don't lose. Strength in numbers, you yeah. know? Sort I of. don't know. They could have been tougher. And also, the dragon should have been badder, too. Those other, they could, he, he didn't lay waste to all the guys in the masks. Why didn't he just torch them all? I don't know. I felt like he torched quite a few and then went Jurassic Park. Yeah, then they threw a couple of spears at him and he was, uh, and he, you know, he was uh, put in his place. I didn't care for that either. And where's she going? Where's Khaleesi going to? Dave, you're going to have to hold on. 
Where's she that. headed to? She abandoned everybody. She jumped on the dragon and hightailed it out of well, there. Well, it's sort of like when things go down in D.C. They have to make sure they whisk the president out just to make sure everything's okay. You know, you got you to gotta protect the queen. I didn't care for that move. All right, that's the end of the blacklist slash Tommy list. Now let's uh, kibitz for a moment here about the triplets. Let's extend that conversation. We can debate, as we already have. As I say, you can look it up at NFL.com. You can listen to the podcast. You can see the written piece. And you can see uh, Bucky Brooks and Handsome Hank senselessly attack me um, over my selections in the top five. But a couple of te- a few teams, I guess, that I'd like to kibitz about. First of all, the one that I've really gotten hammered on at number 17, the Baltimore Ravens trio. A lot of people felt that I should have Flacco and company a little bit higher up there. How say you, Handsome Hank? Um, I don't know. I think Justin. I think Flacco is is what the somewhere between the 10th and 15th best quarterback in the NFL right Correct. now. Correct. I think that Justin Forsett had a had a nice season last year and, you know, didn't go into the season. He's satisfactory. Be, he's satisfactory. He got another contract from that team, but he's probably around the same sort of range in terms of running backs. Steve Smith, I, I, I'm a, I love Steve Smith. Yes. But I don't know that we can guarantee that we're going to get He's 36 years Smith. of age. Right. We're, so, so at some point, the, the fall's going to be pretty heavy for Steve Smith. So I don't know that the Ravens are I, the the, int- the most interesting thing about your triplets, other than your obvious Steelers bias. Damn, was, it's not biased if right, it's the truth. But to. all right, fine. It was that actually, as you look down the list, outside of the top five, they're not that impressive. There's there's some big big gaps on almost it's every. It's funny team. you say yes. that because I go the other way. I'm surprised by how good the trios are. In the low twenties, I mean, that's really? a, yeah, there's. I some mean, legitimate well, okay, in the low t- in the low twenties, yes, but basically outside of the top, let's say, seven or eight, like all of a sudden, it's like you got the Panthers at nine. Cam Newton, terrific quarterback. Jonathan Stewart's the running back. It's not great. Kelvin Benjamin's the receiver. He's got a lot to prove. Like that's the ninth best triplets that you've ranked here, and I'm not I'm not questioning your ranking so much as just outside of the top eight, let's say. There's some there's some really big question marks. How say you, Marcus? I, 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 I it's funny because I'm much more uh, glass half full on this than than you are. I mean, I, I there are very few teams that I looked at, in, even you know, even Cleveland, who I have at number 32. Isaiah Crowell is for real in my book. You know, I I really like him, and I just happen to think they should be rolling with Johnny Football. It doesn't look like they're going to, but it's still June, so that can change. I just don't like Dwayne Bowe is the the knock on on that team in the unknown of McCown or Manziel, how either is going to perform. But I don't think I would be completely without any hope if I were a Cleveland fan, especially given what they have uh, at running back there. Well, I mean, I think when you talk about Cleveland, for instance, I do like Crowell. The problem is you have Terrence West that's sitting there who gets carries. Now they brought in Duke. Johnson, who I really liked watching him yeah. on tape uh, you know, before the draft. I, I think he could be really good. But the question is, how do they distribute the football? Uh, overall, I think, I think Hank's right. You have a lot of teams where you have maybe one piece that's really good or maybe two pieces that are really good out of it. But to find three solid pieces, one at you know, quarterback, one at running back, and one pass catcher, it's really, really hard. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you don't have – a lot of workhorse backs anymore, so that really limits where you're going to go for your running back position. Um, you know, because teams run so many multi-wide receiver sets, because teams have a hard time finding a legitimate quarterback, it's hard to build all three. And I, I, I kind of I, I take it to a, a baseball place where everybody talks about you know their ace. There may be only four or five ace pitchers across Major League Baseball. Everybody has a number one starter, but not everybody has an ace. And I think similarly, you have. You have a, a top running back, a quarterback, and a top wide receiver. You don't necessarily have a set of triplets. What I find interesting as you put it together, and you can dismiss it as off-season fluff, you know, what does it matter if you have three good uh, good uh, skill position guys? There's more to a football team. People will remind you of this when you, when you put lists like that out there for public consumption. But if you really look through it, it's not like there's uh, uh, there are teams that I have at number 20 or in that range winning Super Bowls very much. You know, Flacco and company are. So, Marcus, but are you cool with where I have put the Ravens? Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, you know, I, I, I agree. I like Steve Smith. I mean, he's, he's as entertaining as anybody, uh, you know, in the National Football League. But he is 36 years old. 
I don't know that I like Joe Flacco quite as much as you guys. I think he's a great postseason quarterback. I think he is inconsistent during the regular season. So that is my not. I would like Flacco. to answer the Ravens fan who keeps hitting me up, and I mean that as uh, one person, but I mean there a lot of Ravens fans reach out to me. You don't respect Joe Flacco. I certainly do, but I have talked with some high-profile Ravens who I won't name because they're still on the team, but I've talked to a couple of guys who say directly when asked, they said, you just can't put it on Flacco, you know, because you don't know what you're going to get week to week. They will say he can be dynamite in October, but he can also have inexplicable flameouts against bum teams in October as well. Now he does turn it on, and that's obviously what you would want in your QB. If you only could have a starting quarterback and then a relief quarterback, what you do is you have Peyton Manning play through December. Then you bring in, you go to the pen, you bring in uh, Flacco for January. Next up, Miami Dolphins. I want to talk about your team, Handsome Hank. How do you Did feel you? about where I put uh, where I put the Dolphins? How do you feel about Tannehill, Lamar Miller? And, I, you know, I threw out the rookie's name, but Jarvis Landry as well. This team, I, 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 how excited are you feeling now? I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about that team. I think look, I think it's almost the same thing. I think Tannehill's ceiling is somewhere in that 10 to 15 group and maybe potentially higher than that. That's yes. what they said when they put that when they gave him that new contract. I think Lamar Miller is interesting. I have a feeling if you asked inside the building that the Dolphins would like by the end of this season for Jay Ajayi, the rookie that they drafted, you know, relatively late given where he was projected to go and, and because of injury, given the contract they may have to give Lamar Miller at some point in the not-too-distant mm-hmm. future, I think they'd like Ajayi to be the starting running back by the end of the season. I think that would make sense to them. Um, and then and then a, a receiver, yeah, Parker made sense when you did this. At that point, the, he, his screw wasn't loose. Um, now that he's had a, a operation on his foot, I, I don't know whether you put Parker or Landry there. I don't, but look, there's again... Or Jordan Cameron for that. Or Jordan Cameron. So there's, there's two at least two big questions about that team. They're, I think, to me, they're ranked about the right place, but they have a they, they could, in theory, next time you do this, either midway through the season or after the season, I think they could easily be higher up there. I want to do this on the podcast soon, and uh, maybe as soon as next week or maybe even on the next show that we do. Wow. I want to talk about these summer storylines and things that we have to figure out before the start of the season. And trying to determine who's going to win that AFC East is is really one of the tougher things to to address there. You know, you obviously like the Patriots for the obvious reasons, but all three of those other teams, you can really make a strong case for winning the division. And I really can. I mean, that AFC is finally starting to swing back now because the NFC while terrific at the top, it doesn't have. I and mean, when you start trying to suss out who the the five and six seeds are going to be, it's not. There aren't a ton of obvious candidates for those spots. In the AFC, though, you could say that all three. I mean, the, the, when I say three, Jets, Dolphins, Bills are going to be contenders for it. And then in the North, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. You know, AJ McCarron's Bengals um, are going to be players in that race too. And this other team, the Indianapolis Colts, yes, everybody, their prohibitive favorite to win the South, but I say the team that is going to win it, the Houston Texans. Where I have them in here, they're in the 20s, but I think they have the potential to be high risers Do the Texans here. Do you guys like where I have them slotted? Do you like my optimism when it comes to fantasy and production in in real terms, Marcus Grant? I, I don't like Ryan Mallett the way you seem to like Ryan Mallett. I know you are, are very much enamored with him right now. I, I, I'm I, not enamored of him. I just like the bio that he has. I mean, I, what, what do I, I don't know anything more than anybody else does. I just have seen him play. In, I saw him play SEC football and play terrifically. I know he's learned at the knee of Tom Brady for the last many years, and now he's back with his first professional offensive coordinator, who's now his head coach, in Bill O'Brien. Plus, I like the offensive weapons he has around him and the relatively low pressure he has, one, as a Houston Texan. It's not like being on the Dallas Cowboys or, or something like that. And the fact that that defense is going to be mighty, so they're not going to have to put up uh, you know, four touchdowns a game to be successful. That's the reason I like Ryan Mallett. I do like the defense. I think the defense is going to be fantastic. I think they're going to be one of the best in the league. Uh, uh, and I, Arian Foster, who despite always kind of being a little bit banged up when he's on the field, the guy's fantastic. I like DeAndre Hopkins. I like Jalen Strong, too. Hopefully if he yep. can get healthy and be ready to go for the, the regular season. I, I like what he has to offer. I just have a big question about the quarterback position, right. whether it's Mallett, whether it's you know a Brian Hoyer, whoever it's going to be. 
I'm just not sold. So I think I think you have them at the right spot simply because of what you get out of Foster and Hopkins, I think, is offset by what may be at the quarterbacks. And by the that, way, where we started, where we were 20 minutes ago talking about where Eddie Lacy ranks, the name that always gets left off when you start ranking who the best running backs are, Arian Foster always gets slept on. And he is, when healthy, is as productive as anybody in the league. Agreed. The fact that the Ryan Mallett Brian Hoyer quarterback battle is going to be televised is is interesting. I mean, it's great. I'm looking forward to Hard Knocks. But it, I mean, it's basically the sort of mid '90s Kent Graham Dave Brown battle for the Giants starting job. Oh, That's look a who nice pull. look who made a, a, a professional transition because really? we did want I make to talk a about accidentally. <laughs> I think you did it. I don't know though because uh, because Tommy Ty is telling me to wrap it up here. Do you want us to wrap it up here? Are we pressed for time? Yeah, we have uh, we have some podcasts today. So I don't understand. Jim Tom Sula has to go coach somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Gotta, oh, it is almost some coaching. All right. So I, what I wanted to talk about was I tweeted it last week offhand. Dan Hanzu mentioned something about uh, oh because we were enjoying watching Hard Knocks Ot Seven, the Kansas City Chiefs edition, and the quarterback battle was Brody Croyle versus Damon Heward, and Tyler Thigpen was a distant third there. And I, I mean, I said, can you imagine? Can you imagine being a fan? We're at that time. We're just about there now as fans. Everybody with the OTAs and everything, and soon they'll be in training camp and the quarterback battles will commence. What is the worst quarterback trio on a team in history? We started to look at that. I tweeted something about it, and it was a firestorm of response there. We'll, have we'll to get do into that. that. We'll have to do that next week because that's a great conversation. All right, just show the one I think is maybe or it's in consideration for the best. Isn't it neat that the Chargers at one time, it's, a, it's, it's too much, though. Um, it didn't lead necessarily to good things, but they had Flutie, Drew Brees, and Phil Rivers in-house at one time. That's pretty uh, – How young Phil Rivers was. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And Phil that Rivers, breeze. but they have to kick him to the curb. But uh, either way, so that's the good end, not to say that's the best of all time. We'll talk about the best of, but it's more fun to talk about the worst. And sadly, there are many, many, many candidates for that honor. We want to talk with uh, Elliot Harrison for that one, Marcus. Uh, uh, perhaps you can join us as well for that. Um, either way, good luck with the podcast. Thanks. NFL Fantasy Live once a week. Uh, right now it is once a week until they shut us down and tell us they don't want to hear from us anymore. And uh, available for your listening pleasure. iTunes, Stitcher, NFL.com. Very good. Um, all right. Thanks to uh, to Tommy Ty behind the glass. Thanks to Handsome Hank. And thanks to you. We will be back. Whoa! There's the Yub Nub song. All's right in the world. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.